are tuned in to the Bridal Extravaganza podcast. For over 35 years, we've helped engaged couples in Southeast Texas plan their dream weddings. You can learn from the millions of couples who've come before you. On this podcast, we'll introduce you to the wedding and event professionals who can make your dreams come true. Wedding and event planning can be easy and fun. Stay tuned. I've got Kimberly with me today from Jackson's Brew. Welcome, Kimberly. Thanks for joining me. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're here to learn a little bit more about your business so that when engaged couples hire you, they know why they've hired you and who they've hired. But take me back. Like You weren't always doing this business. Tell me what the business is and how it was founded. So I probably have always had a passion for coffee, probably since I was 16 years old. You know, it was just drinking mom's black coffee in the morning before I got my day started. <laughs> that or it was a can of Coke, right? <laughs> um, um, Diet Coke right here, baby. And we yeah. won't say what time it is. <laughs> I know, it's so early. But um, so I think, you know, I got married, you know, graduated high school, did all that. I got married young, had my family, um, was in a completely different industry prior to this. And then I think my passion or my really love for coffee really, uh, I have to give props to Starbucks, right? Because they did actually come in, you know, nationwide and just kind of take over the coffee scene or, or give us a coffee scene, I should say. Um, and I think my passion for it just really escalated from having, you know, being able to go somewhere, work a pla- work at a place and have a great cup of coffee and then have a variety of coffees to pick from. Um, so from there, my, my taste buds just grew uh, stronger and stronger for coffee. And I really wanted to learn more about it. So um, fast forward, you know, years of the desire to do something encompassing raising a family and having three kids and all of that stuff and timing not being right. And then timing really not ever being right. If you just don't do it, you're probably never going to do it. It's such a good Uh, point. Yeah. So 2000, gosh, where are we? Probably 2012, 2013. I really wanted to do something um, with coffee, but right around that time, I also um, inherited a child. (laughs) Um, So I gained custody of my niece um, who was eight months old at the time. So, and can I just ask, you said you already had three kids. How um, old was the youngest when you got an eight month old? She was 2012. She was 10. Okay. So you thought you were done. Oh yeah. (laughs) Okay. Moms out there can relate. Oh, all right. So it was crazy. It was like, oh my God, I have these three kids, two dogs, a husband, and now an eight month old. And thank God for just having a huge, I don't have any family here in Houston uh, besides my immediate family, but all my distant family lives in other states. Um, But a great, great family of uh, friends and support that way who gave me all the baby stuff because I was like, oh my God, I got to buy all this stuff again. Um, But, you know, so put the coffee, the dreams on, on side, which was okay, which definitely you take care of family first. And so we had the baby for almost three years. Um, and then she went to go, she was reunited with her father up in Pennsylvania. So she's fine. She's going to be uh, almost eight or nine years old now. I can't think. Um, so, you know, I kind of lived through that and, you know, we had, I don't want to say that that was like a 
not a tragic, it was a hard time in my life. It, I felt like I had lost a child, even though she was still physically alive. Um, it was very, I was in a very sad place, you know, cause I had went through all of this effort and time and money and love and everything, you know, to raise this child. And so that same year that we reunited her in 2015 with her father, um, literally two months, two weeks prior to that, we flooded here in Houston, um, our home flooded. And so it was the first, I've lived in Houston for a long, long time. I moved here from Florida, but I have never actually gone through a flood here. And we flood. It was, we're Houston's known for flooding. It's like New Orleans. Um, but I never physically had gone through it. So I, ha I remember picking up the baby that night. It was the Memorial Day floods and taking her out of her crib and sitting her on top of the kitchen counter with the dog. And then I put the dogs in her crib. <laughs> so I switched and I just said, don't move, baby. Just stay right here. And she just looked at me and she didn't move. You know, she was a couple years old by then. And um, so it was just, it was one darn thing after another. It was that. And then we actually rebuilt you know, she reunited with her father within weeks of all of that happening. I came back to Houston to rebuild my home. Um, so that kept me busy for six months, you know, kept my mind off of the baby situation. I was remodeling the house and then I flooded again. Oh, and, so many people did. It's horrible. Yes, so I had tax day uh, flood. So here I go, was again, you know, rebuilding. And then we flooded again in Harvey. And so their time was a charm for me. I was like, peace out. I'm moving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, I can't do this anymore. Um, I mean, I do have to say we were blessed that we did have flood insurance and I recommend anybody and everybody to get flood insurance, uh, no matter if you're in a flood zone or not. <laughs> um, but we were blessed to, to, that we did have those resources but it was an emotionally draining, physically draining time in my life. Um, you know, three back-to-back -back floods, the baby going away. Um, and then, so we, we got rid of that house, thank goodness. Actually, the city of Houston bought us out. Um, and then we moved close to downtown. And so I've been here since post-Harvey. And I'm super happy, super excited that we're here close to everything. But uh, right after Harvey in November of 2018 of 2017 moved into the house and I started thinking god you know the last three years four years anything that I've ever wanted to do has been put on hold you know because I was raising kids remodeling houses um and during whatever I don't want to say god threw at me because I I never want to say like god what else can I handle because he'll show you <laughs> <laughs> um so you know but all this uh, time was the coffee idea in the back of your head or in your heart or somewhere were you doing yeah, anything with it yeah so I think prior so I would go and visit all the coffee shops and I called it like my coffee shop tour or whatever um so all around Houston I felt like I was doing some back research you know um visiting all the coffee shops taking photos um understanding all of that because like I didn't come from that background at all and so in the in, I was doing market research sure absolutely <laughs> so during all that yes I was still very much wanting to do something just didn't know if and when it would ever happen um and so one day you know Christmas time 2017 I just said 
man, I'm just going to do this. That's awesome. I don't ever do it. Well, and I, I, let me go back just a little bit. Um, Besides all of that, I lost my father that year too, um, which was the greatest impact, I think, of everything. Um, And so he passed away very unexpectedly in March of 2017. And then, uh, then we had Harvey in August of 2017, and then we moved. So I think the culmination of all of those events and then losing dad um, was like, life is very short. And, you know, if I don't get out there and try and do something, it's just never going to happen. I have to be the one to do it. So I think that was finally the, the push I needed to, to do it. Um, so that's when my research really, really started was me saying, okay, I'm just going to do this. And so you knew it would be coffee, but did you always know what or how? No, because I'm also very skeptical of like just jumping into. That's why it's taking me so long to do everything. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of feel like I take a lot, maybe too much time to research or really analyze things. Um, And sometimes you just got to do it. So I didn't know what area of coffee. Well, I knew I I wanted to be in community. So if you, if people look at my logo, I think I, that took a, you know, some time to sit and think through. Um, my logo is a circle with a star with some waves in it. And it's easy to say like, um, well, it has my meaning. My middle name is star. So Kimberly star, uh, maiden name is Jackson. Um, the, so the stars there, the waves, uh, because we lived in Florida, I love the ocean and my dad used to love to fish. And then the circle, um, is really just for family and community. I just wanted, you know, people to be able to have a place to come and congregate and visit and chat amongst each other. And that's what coffee is, right? We get together in the morning with our spouse or whoever and have our morning cup of coffee, watch the news um, or go to a restaurant and have that in the morning. So I know I did did not want to be a roaster. I didn't want to be behind the scenes. I very much enjoy the community and, and being with people. And, you know, making people happy and making, putting smiles on faces. Um, So brick and mortar was something that I was very scared to do, not having any prior background and or coffee knowledge, really, per se. So I immediately found a coffee expo and flew. Wow, of course, because there's an expo for everything. Oh, I bet that one is so fun. I said, there's got to be an expo for coffee. There's an expo for like everything. That's exactly what I thought. So I um, found a, the next one that was coming up was going to be in Baltimore. And so I wound up making a family trip out of it, um, taking the kids, going to Baltimore, then going to Philly and DC and all that while we were up there and really had three, four days of this intense coffee like dumping. (laughs) And then I was like, wow, I was so overwhelmed. Um, because I really didn't realize how deep coffee goes, you know, from the farms to the workers, their hands, the way it's sorted, roasted, imported, you know, we don't grow coffee here. (laughs) So, you know, all of our coffee is imported and just, you know, when it says farm to cup, it really is farm to cup and how those people that are working on the farms are affected, you know, by 
you know, fair trade and everything. So it was definitely an eye-opening learning experience. And I thought, oh, wow, maybe I'm not cut out for this because this is a lot of information. And God, I'm in my 40s already, you know, <laughs> it's like starting a whole new life. Um, but I, you know, decided to move forward and, and do it. So got back from Baltimore and was looking at different mobile um, ways to do coffee because again, didn't want to go into brick and mortar and, you know, be a hundred, $200,000 in debt off, you know, from the get go. Yes. Very smart. So I had spent some time in Italy in 2014. Um, we took about three weeks to go to Italy and that's probably actually where my, my knowledge for coffee kind of started too. Cause I remember walking into this little, you know, they have espresso everywhere there. And I walked in and I just wanted a, you know, cup of black coffee. And well, so they wound up giving me an espresso in this little bitty tiny, you know, cup. And I'm like, this is not what I wanted. I wanted like bigger. Oh, you Americano. And I was like, okay, Americano. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's when I learned like, oh, an Americano, like how they see us drinking coffee is, you know, two shots of espresso with hot water. <laughs> okay, I yeah. wanted a big cup of coffee. Um, so that was interesting, you know, learning all of that. But I saw these amazing vehicles when we were in Italy that were used as work trucks. And, you know, they were used to haul people. They're in India. They're, they're all over in the, you know, uh, abroad. Um, and I thought, man, it would be really cool to bring something like that to Houston and, and truly be Houston's first coffee you know, mobile coffee truck that no, and that's all we do is coffee. We don't, we're not serving breakfast tacos. You know, we've been asked to, I'm sure we can work that in the menu somehow. Um, but we're Houston's truly first only coffee truck. And so that's when it all began is just going back to those memories of being in Italy, researching, figuring out how I can import a vehicle, getting the vehicle here. And then yes. And so the vehicle is here now. Oh, yes. We've been in business for two years now. And was, was that an ordeal? Um, so that's the only time I can literally say I ever used my college degree. <laughs> <laughs> and what is your college degree in? Um, international business. And okay. Logistics. <laughs> um, so, man, logistics. Yeah. So, you know, I had to learn about custom bonds and, um, you know, putting a lot of faith and trust in another country. Luckily found someone that, you know, that spoke English, of course. And um, so where did the truck actually come from? So I actually imported the truck from China. From China. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it on Instagram right now. So it looks like it's very narrow uh -huh. and that's because it can go down those narrow streets, right? Like, mm -hmm. okay. So how does it work? Are you just open today and you're on Instagram and people find you or are you by like by appointment only at events? Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, we started, we launched, um, and then just started building the social media accounts. And luckily because of my relationship, um, I'm in real estate as well. So my relationship with my real estate community, they're the ones who really started helping me, um, Perfect. Get, get events scheduled. So from the beginning, I was hired for open houses Nice. and get to come out. And so that's really kind of how I grew um, the business. And then, you know, going in after, you know, already a year, I was like, man, we could really do, we were triple booked 
you know, at times, especially during the holidays where people want us everywhere at their private events and their parties. And that's really, truly what we stuck to and only did a few markets that were the good markets throughout the year. Um, and you but, just have one truck right now? I do. I was actually in the process of ordering a second one when, you know, COVID hit. So we decided to wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, smart decision there. But, um, but we also have two indoor bars. Okay. And so we built two indoor bars for events that the vehicle, vehicle cannot fit into. Um, the good thing to know is that the vehicle is electric, so it's not gas. It's super quiet. Gotcha. If, if we have a six by 11 space, we can roll right into it. Um, and so that, that's really nice to know that if we are doing a party or an event, like at a warehouse or a place that has a bigger door, we can still bring the truck in. Cause it's um, really cute. Everyone needs to look at her Instagram and see how cute it is. Yeah. It's really cute. It's, that's, you know, people follow us cause they're like, oh my God, it's so damn cute. <laughs> you know, we just wanted to come and see the truck. <laughs> so can, can you specifically say like, what is the mission of your business? Um, that's so you know, going at the beginning, because I think our mission kind of also changes yeah. some during time because of events and worldly events and things like that. Um, but my, I think my end mission is to definitely have a brick and mortar, but keep the mobile going. Um, I've been asked, I'm in the process now of looking for brick and mortar. I just, there's nothing really that's resonated with me. And so I'm, you know, I have people looking for property that know exactly what I'm looking for. And don't you think like the whole world's going to open up? Like there's going to be so many spaces that six months ago weren't available. I just think any right. idea that we had in the past, we need to bring all those ideas back now because right. it could work. Right. I think that the perfect space totally. is going to up, open up for you that just would have never happened before. I'm, but yeah, I'm sad that, I think. Yeah. I'm sad that some of the you know, cool places that we liked and stuff are having to shut down. Um, I'm also very thankful that we didn't have brick and mortar prior to COVID. Yeah. Um, and I've actually been, I have people from all across the U.S. that reach out to me that own coffee shops or they're inside of food halls. And they're like, how have you made this work? You know, you've still been busy. And I said, gosh, I've been really busy the last two or three months um, because we are mobile. And we've always been kind of to go. Um, so genius, genius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not no, unbeknownst to me. <laughs> God, that's amazing. Um, have you had an aha moment in your business? Oh, wow. Let's see. Um, gosh, probably a few. I mean, people are just genuinely helpful. And, you know, just me growing the business and other people in the, in the coffee community have been very, very helpful and, um, customers are so nice. And I mean, I know that you're growing your business mom and pop. It's just been a breath of fresh air coming from a completely different industry. Um, and I think I had an aha kind of business moment with, you know, with COVID hitting and taking our coffee to, um, a weekly delivery service. So, so how is that? How is that working to people's so homes or what does that mean? Yeah. So I have a been very successful with my cold brew. Um, and it initially just started, actually, that's how we started the, the business. One day we, we popped open at, um, white linen night in the Heights. That was our first night. Oh my God. And, really? What a great yeah. place to start. 
Yeah. So we always do our anniversary day there. And I gave away probably 10 gallons of cold brew and just put a tip jar out. And we had regular brewed coffee. I didn't even have my espresso machine at the time. It was just more like, let's get the truck out there. Let's, it was hot. It was August. So let's have cold brew and then we'll have some regular hot coffee if they want that. And then let's just see what happens. And we probably made like $300 worth of tips that night. It was so cool. Uh-huh. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> um, but so my, the delivery service, you know, the cold brew, I have been able to perfect it. And right prior to COVID, I would have people ask me, Hey, can you deliver, you know, a gallon of that to my business? And I was like, sure. I don't see why not. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh-huh. And so you know, I ordered my gallons and started researching that and how much money that was going to cost me, what retail is going to be, um, a lot of cost analysis on that. Plus I'm delivering, you know, and I really technically don't even charge really a delivery fee. Um, and I know, you know, I research what other people are doing in other markets and they do charge a delivery fee. So, but you know, I'm still growing my business. So, um, prior to COVID it, had just started and then COVID hitting the business way, the delivery business has gone. So, but I'm just a little confused delivering to offices, but nobody was at work. So where are no, you delivering to? No homes. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Prior to COVID businesses. Perfect. And then, then I, you know, I was reaching, these people were reaching out saying, Hey, we're, you know, working from home and all the coffee shops are closed. You know, can you yes. bring coffee? And I was like, heck yeah, I can do that. So, <laughs> you know, another great um, resource for me was the apartment community and the people that, you know, manage the apartment buildings is they started inviting us to come out in the mornings and serve coffee to the community. Um, so that we were busy doing that two or three days a week. And when that happened, did they do that as a service? Like it was free if you lived there or you were just there and you were selling? It depended on the property. Okay, uh, cool. At the, yeah, at the beginning, uh, we would just sell because everybody was at home. And then we saw a decline um, in people starting to return back to work. And so now we kind of have a flat fee kind of thing that we do. So it just kind of depends on what we're looking at. Nice, very nice. Um, do you have any like tips for any favorite apps you have or how you stay organized when you run the business? God, Google. Google, Google is my best friend. <laughs> Don't they own us all? <laughs> yes, Google Drive. Um, the the drive mainly it's you know myself, my family that you know it's family owned business. We do have a couple baristas that we hire um, out on a contract base when needed for events. Um, but the Google Calendar, <laughs> where I can invite everybody in on a on a task that needs to be done. Um, I have whiteboards. I mean our delivery system for the cold brew um because it's grown so much that's probably where I struggle in the most mm-hmm. is those messages do on a business aspect those messages come in all over on Instagram regular text message email Facebook and so I'm constantly on social media right how are you keeping all those organized that that sounds my whiteboard okay so you get a <laughs> you get an order and it just all has to go there it goes straight to the whiteboard and then they're out by the day of delivery they're mm-hmm. marked on and then from the whiteboard they move to another board that's actually in the prep room um 
for like that day or the next day's deliveries. So we know, so they move from one kind of room of orders to another room. What is uh, your favorite um, social media platform? For the business, it's been Instagram. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at your Instagram right now. It's really, really cute. Thank you. Yeah, I try. <laughs> I don't have a marketing person. You would think my 18 year old would want to do it, but she doesn't. What's your name on Instagram? Because people are listening right now. They might want to be, oh, I guess I could say it too. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, so it's just Jackson's Brew, comma, LLC. And it's Jackson's with the apostrophe S. Okay. Yeah. Just in case. Because I know sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts and they mention something, like I want to go see it right now while I'm listening. Yeah. Okay. And it you know, has a green background with the white star and the waves. So. Yeah. And I really do like your logo. Um, yeah. Totally not coffee related. So. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, you mentioned going to the coffee expo. Are there any other ways that you stay on top of trends in your market? Yeah. So besides talking to people in the community, I'm very, very close related. I have a very close relationship with my roaster. Um, so I'm probably there three days a week. Okay. Um, meeting with them, talking about, they've been very beneficial to me or instrumental with me getting set up, making sure I had the right equipment because we do have two espresso machines now, two grinders, you know, the two bars, the truck. Um, so we always needed to make sure that we have, you know, adequate equipment in case something does break down, but they've even helped me down to um, making sure my labels are correct and, you know, how everything, cause I, I tend to overdo things and they're like, less is more, Kim. <laughs> um, so, you know, my roaster has been very instrumental. Um, and then just other people in the coffee community, uh, you know, if you have a question, there's Facebook groups. Um, and then that's locally and, and nationally, you know, besides coffee um, expo, there's SCA. Um, can't think off the top of my head what the SCA stands for, but coffee people know what it means. <laughs> um, like, oh, Society please. of Coffee Association, something um, like that. Like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but they, you know, nationally, you can find out news through them. And then there's like barista magazines. And actually this morning I signed up for um, a new magazine or another magazine called Roaster. Nice. Um, so I can also learn more about the roasting process. Nice. Also, I was going to ask you about like engaged couples and, you know, if you come to a wedding, it seems like they would want to know your story and know like where their, mm -hmm. where their coffee is coming from. And, um, it just sounds like a really interesting opportunity to get very personal with your clients. It is. Yeah. Um, so on the Facebook page is actually kind of the story where I wrote kind of my reason for doing what I wanted to do and where my name, where the name came from. And, you know, that's the part that um, can get real sentimental. And I'm going to start, I don't want to start, but, you know, I lost my dad that year when I actually wanted to launch this and, or the year prior, no, I guess the same year, my years, getting, <laughs> um, my years are getting messed up, but, um, you know, I was sitting down. So after he passed away, I started doing reflexology a lot more because I needed a place to go and get it, you know, relax and be in my thoughts without being bothered or talked to by other people, you know, cause it's different when you go get your nails done, everybody's chatty Kathy around you. Um, and so I remember getting reflexology one day and, and my mind is still working, even though I'm relaxed. And I was thinking, well, gosh, what do I want to name this business? And that's when it just hit me. And I said, 
Jackson's brew. I said, I'm just, cause I didn't have any brothers. We didn't continue his last name, my last name. And I thought, you know, he would probably rather me be selling beer, but <laughs> <laughs> beer and cigars. But, you know, I said, I'm not a beer drinker. So that's <laughs> funny. But um, I said, you know, I'm going to do Jackson's brew. And then, that's awesome. So they're really the, you know, I, then I presented that to the family and they were like, Oh yeah, mom, that's great. You know, let's continue grandpa's name. So that's cool. That's cool. So, um, do you have any tips? Do millennials make up a lot of your market as far as who you sell to? And do you have any tips for just dealing with this large demographic that most engaged couples, you know, are millennials? Right. Yeah. So I'm not a millennial, but I have millennial children. Mm. And so I've learned, you know, um, how do I like, they love my cold brew, first of all. So I really, really love that this generation is all about trying new things. And, you know, if I tried if I serve my cold brew to someone in their forties or fifties, there's like, ah, cold coffee. Oh my God, who would drink cold coffee? (laughs) You know? And I'm like, Oh my God, it's the best thing ever. Like you just need to give it a try. And it's so hot in Houston, but my younger crowd, they love cold brew and they are probably 95% of the people that are on my delivery service Okay, for the cold brew. So, you know, with them, I just, and I don't want to say instant gratification, but if they, if they message me and they want something, they pretty, they want it right away. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, which is fine. And, you know, if I can get it done that day, if I can get their order placed that morning and get it delivered to them that afternoon and they're within our 610 loop, I'll, I'll get it done for them. Um, if not, I'm very honest and I just, Hey, it'll be there first thing in the morning, you mm-hmm. know? And so I always try to have expectations that they know that we have at least a 24 hour turnaround time. Um, And are you delivering in this, the greater Houston area? Yeah. So pretty much anywhere right now. Um, I mean, I have orders that go out to Clear Lake, to Sugarland, to the Humble and Atascacita area, and then pretty much within the Beltway and 610. And what would you say... um, and I know it's hard because of the pandemic has kind of changed everything, but if you had to say a percentage of private event versus delivery versus maybe you just did a pop-up, you know, your, your cart was, was at like an, like a festival, how, how is your business breaking down? During this last few months? No, I would say like before, or or let's say before and during, how about that? Okay. So prior before COVID, it was probably um, 80% private events. Okay, wow. Okay. It was very heavy. That's really all we did was private events, um, which I we enjoy. We enjoy having that relationship with whoever that person is that's hiring us. And, um, and then also being repeat customers for them because a lot of the private events are repeat. Um, right. And then 10, yeah, really probably like, 10 or 15% markets throughout the year. And I've learned not to do just any market. Um, It's a lot of work for us to get out there and set the truck up and, you know, be in the heat or the winter, whatever it is. Um, And, you know, some markets just aren't worth, and not to sound 
that we're not grateful. We're definitely grateful for every opportunity we've been given. Um, but I've also had to take a step back and realize what is worth our time and our effort and our money. And that's just a smart business um, because I also find myself to be very, um, I want to please everybody. And if everybody asks me to be at their event, I'm like, yeah, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. And then I'm triple booked and now, oh, I can do it, but it's going to have to be our indoor bar, you know? Um, so I've learned to really kind of step back and, and be honest and say, hey, look, I'm already booked that day. If you want the truck, we're going to have to book another day or right. we can have the indoor bar. Um, or no, I don't want to do that market. It really wasn't beneficial for us last time. Right. And, and that's okay. And I have to, I've had to learn to say no and saying no is okay. <laughs> there you go. Um, that's a message to everyone who's listening. Let exactly. me ask you this. Um, for some of our listeners, you know, they, they still have their corporate job or gosh, after the pandemic, who knows what they actually have, but um, you know, they've had their business plan and they, they just keep waiting. And what would you say to them? Like, what's your advice to just, you know, I think you said it a little earlier when you're like, you'll never do it. Like what made you really just like, if you met me and I was like, okay, I'm, I just, I want to start the bridal extravaganza, but I'm scared and I haven't yet. And I'm looking at you and seeing that you did it. What would you tell me? Um, I think, well, I think everybody's situations are different. I know that if this was when my kids were smaller, um, I wouldn't have been able to do it, you know, cause I was too busy running kids around to football and baseball and dance classes. <laughs> um, but I don't want anybody to ever give up on their dream and dreams can change, you know, over the years, because I know, I remember in my twenties thinking, God, I want to open up a, um, a venue to do. I've always loved creating events and parties. I think because I did so many for my kids, <laughs> um, but creating events and parties for people. And this is still an outlet for me to do that and have that creative side um, satisfied uh, without actually being like the main party planner or wedding coordinator. Um, I can just be a part of this huge event, you know, on a small scale, but you know, it just goes back to 20 years ago, me having that dream. And now here I am living it in a different way, a smaller way, but still fulfilling that dream because I have other dreams too. I think it's okay to have several aspirations throughout your life. Um, awesome. Awesome. But yeah, just don't ever, don't ever give up. I mean, try to, if you can't do it full force, do a little bit of it somehow. There you go. Well, thank you. How, um, how can brides reach you? What's the best way? So Instagram, of course, at Jackson's Brew, and then um, they can email me. That's Kimberly at jacksonsbrew.com. And then my cell phone, 713-545-8087. We are so excited to be a part of Bridal Extravaganza coming up. We've actually shut the truck down for the next month to prepare it, get it ready, get it nice and shiny and bright. <laughs> yeah, it's going to make its debut. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so. so cute. Looking at it on Instagram, it's so cute. I thank you so much. I love your story. I love getting to know you better. And I know that the couples that meet you at the extravaganza and book you will be happy to hear this. And is there any final, is, I feel like I, I got it all. Is there anything that I missed about the business that you think is important? No, I mean, just for, for our brides, we can we can pretty much do anything you ask of, of us. Um, 
I don't want people to think, oh, it's just coffee. That's not important. I mean, we do have a, a wedding coming up where we're actually going to be serving close to the end of the night, right around when dessert's going to be served um, or the cake's going to be cut because she would like her guests to sober up some before they go home. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm all years, you know, I'll listen to the bride, whatever they want to do. We'll try our hardest to make it happen for them. Um, and, and, you know, change up the menu and coordinate it to whatever they need. Sounds great. Well, Kimberly, we wish you so much success with this business. Thank you. I love to find entrepreneurs doing new things. It's, I mean, how cool that you were the very first mobile coffee in Houston. I mean, Houston's a huge city. To be the first in Houston to do anything is really cool. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank and you we so look, much. And we look forward to seeing you soon. Have a wonderful day. Are you an entrepreneur or small business owner who depends on the wedding industry to make a living? If so, you are invited to join over 350 regional companies at the Bridal Extravaganza Show in Houston, Texas. At our two-day live event, you'll meet face-to-face -face with engaged couples who are ready to book your product or service. Log on to BridalExtravaganza.com to learn more about our upcoming events.